Hi, good evening, everybody. Uh, Thursday night, 8 p.m. Weekly radio show. The topic is dating for success in the Jewish community. Um, we call it Untangled. And the goal here is to open up the lines of communication with singles um, to make them feel more comfortable in the dating arena, whether it's on dates or with Shad Hanim or with their parents, um, people who are unfamiliar with the Shiduch process. If they're listening, I like to clear that up. Um, we take it for granted that everybody's been growing up with the Shiduchim as a lifestyle that when you're ready to date, you go to a Shadchan. Not everybody in the Sephardic Syrian community expected to be doing that. Um, when they were born or younger, you know, when they thought about it, parents didn't discuss those things as it wasn't necessarily a way of life years ago for us. Um, although it has become um, a style, a lot of singles do find their spouses in the community on their own, but a lot don't, and there aren't many venues to find people anymore. So um, matchmaking, shiduchim through an official matchmaker or an unofficial matchmaker, meaning a friend, an aunt, a cousin, um, co-worker, that type of thing also works and is fine. And um, we don't have to be professional to make a match. We don't have to. And generally matchmakers aren't professional because where is, where do we go for um, courses on this? There is really no course. Um, so in order to make singles comfortable, you're free to go to whoever you want to set you up. Um, to find the right one. And um, the topic for tonight is getting the matchmaker's real attention. Um, there's a lot of different angles to that, but um, my main reason for bringing this up is because I feel like singles are reaching out to the matchmakers and a lot of girls are coming my way personally and I feel like all the matchmakers feel like we're getting a lot of girls. Um, I want everybody to stand out. And I feel like if you feel like you're not getting called and you enlisted with a matchmaker or two or three because the first one didn't come up with anything or too many people or the right type of people, then you went and enlisted with another matchmaker to get to know you. And I feel like when I meet singles, I'm just... Because, yes, there is some kind of, um, not a shortage of boys, but boys that match most of the girls. So while guys are coming to us, and I do want to put that hope out there, they're not necessarily the same type of guys that you're requesting. So we've got to match it. And that's the um, not tricky part for Hashem, but tricky part is when the people are coming to us in droves, that means that everybody needs an interview, everybody gets internalized into one matchmaker's brain, and then we've got to process who you actually are. So how do you stand out to me? 
as not just the next person because everybody is unique. And that means that you need to be communicative in your interview, in your intake, when you met the matchmaker. Um, You need to be articulate. You need to not just go according to the questions that she asks you. Do you wear skirts? Do you not wear skirts? Where do you work? What school did you go to? What do you plan on doing? Where do you want to live? Would you live in Lakewood? Would you live in... Don't just go according to that. Don't... That's how we plan it, where we have to ask certain questions and we need that down for later on when we think of someone. So if they ask that question, we're prepared with the answer. Um, But... That's not getting to know you really. What your wants are, who you are, what you love, what you don't love, what what your what your parents hope for, um, what you you know maybe what your parents hope for, what you really wanted, two different things. You could communicate different things. Um, get it out there. What you know? What would really match my family? What would really make my parents happy? Um, I've dated, what you say is you could also add, like, I've dated a few guys that were this, and I realized those were the things I was asking for, but now, you know, even though that is important to me, I think I need this more. Those communicative messages that we get of your feelings, of where your thought processes go on dating or on anything else. My matches that I've made, thank God, over 30 matches in the community and maybe more that I've affected and that I might not even know about. Um, those matches, most of them were because those singles got to really know me and I got to really know them. And they got under my skin and, and I, I kind of knew them like my own child and then was able to be their best advocate. That's what I like to be for my singles. And when I'm talking to all of you who call me, who haven't felt the effects of that, it's because if I didn't really get to know you, then I can't really think. That's one. And two, we are still sifting through the guys that come to us and finding out who they match with. That's three. And four is that... um, I I may not have really gotten to know you and maybe you weren't so communicative in the first interview and maybe um, if I called you with somebody, even if you weren't receptive or you were receptive or you didn't get back to me right away, whatever, you weren't very communicative. Um, If you feel that a matchmaker is calling you and... um, Presenting you consistently with people that aren't exactly what you're hoping for. And either you took the date and you were disappointed or you took the date and you were fine, but it wasn't for you. And you just walked away getting the feeling that, you know, that matchmaker is not really getting me. Then you, all of you need to try to respectfully ask the matchmaker for some time. Doesn't have to be in person. Um, ask them when's a good time for them and say, I really want to go over who I am. I want you to get to know me a little better so that you could think of someone for me and someone that really matches me. And maybe things changed about me. And I do that. 
There was a time when we opened our store, It's All a Gift, um, that I took a break for matchmaking because I felt like I was too busy when we first opened the store and my kids were all certain ages and there was just a lot going on and I felt like I needed a break from matchmaking and I wanted to be very, very responsible about how I matchmake and I didn't feel I could do it the way I always had done it when I worked from home and I had more time. So um, I took a break from matchmaking and when I got back into it, whoever I was still connected to who wanted me to still set them up, I didn't just go in and give them a date. I called them back and I asked them, did anything change? What's your dating style now? Is How has it been going? And we shot the breeze a little bit. And then I started to think again and expecting that the first new suggestions might be wrong still because now she told me a little more about herself and I'm getting a feel by mentioning a type. I don't even have to mention the boy's name, but I could say he does this, he's that, is this your type? Am I thinking along the right lines? And I think that that's what Sharhanim and singles need to do is get to know the style, get to know when the matchmaker, when's a good time for the matchmaker, get to know if she's not focused at that minute and she's busy, you're not going to get her attention, even though you're at work and you could speak now, you have a question, you need to get it out right now. If she's not really listening, she's not going to remember because have a little understanding of the life of a matchmaker. Most of us are very busy and Baruch Hashem have homes and families to run kitchens to run, businesses to run, different things. And gladly, for the, the for no other motivation than to see you personally, you, I'm talking to you, you, whoever's listening, you, whoever hears this, you specifically, you one singular and all of you together, that we care, we're doing it because we care. And we have no time in our lives. Think about it, if you had to take on another life right now could you fit that in so we're taking on hundreds of people and at any given moment in my day three to five people could call me at the same time saying could you talk now and i've got to take in your information also remember what you have to say whatever it is i can't go out on thursday could you tell the guy that i can't make it i have to cancel or um, could you let the guy know that Thursday is good? So now I in the middle of my day, I am very responsible because I the guy's gonna think he's going out on Thursday and it's Tuesday, and then I, I don't want to tell him on Wednesday night when I remember I gotta stop whatever I'm doing and do it now. That's the life of a matchmaker. Now if three more girls called me that day to interview them and I still yet didn't call that boy back to tell him the girl had to cancel, I can't necessarily um, you know, just go take the time to talk to you and write down your stuff because I go off on a tangent and I actually forget what I was going to do before because I also have my kids calling me and other things to do and work and other things like that. Now, not to compare because I know that's what you're waiting for, to have kids and a husband and you should have, and I give you the berachah that you should have very soon, a husband, a wife, whoever is looking should find their spouse right away. It's not the matchmaker who finds it for you. We're the middle person who Hashem allows us 
to help him. He's making all the parts move for this to happen for you. We're just the middle person. He could cut us out at any point. If we're not doing it correctly, if we're doing it correctly, it's his it's his decision to allow us in and to help you if he wants us to. He's moving all the parts. So in the middle of my, you know, busy day, when I get a phone call from you, if I tell somebody, oh, I'm so sorry, I can't take your call right now. And they go, oh, she didn't talk. She didn't talk to me last week. She didn't talk to me. The reason why I'm saying that and every matchmaker is saying that is because we want to listen, but we won't be able to listen now. So you won't get our full attention. So please call me when I can give you my full attention. And has happened to me a lot lately is that if I, the person on the phone asks me, okay, when's a good time? And I say 9 p.m. because I'll get home from work at 7 and then I'll serve dinner and I think 9 o'clock is good. What happens at 8.45? Someone with a matchmaking issue calls me and I'm on the phone with them for that whole time. And then you're calling me and I'm still on the phone with them. Now what should I do? My family needs my attention or I'm exhausted and I can't, I'm just tapped out and I'm not gonna, you're not going to get the best of me anyway. So I still say, I'm so sorry. And I send a text and I say, I honestly can't speak to you again today. I'm so sorry. Not because I don't want to really want to know what you have to say. I just am limited at this point. And I want, goal is for you to get the best of me. And my goal always is when someone speaks to me that they got the best of me so that I actually absorbed what they said so that when I do think of a date for them, I'm doing it the way you want. So um, that's really the gist of my conversation for today. Um, I have two stories. And one of them was that uh, someone called me last week and said a friend of mine who I know from years ago, school, has somebody who she knows who um, is not married and older, 40s, 50s, something, never married. Can I set them up? And I said, sure, they could call me. And they called me. And uh, within 15 minutes, they called And I was walking out the door with my child, taking them to school. When I answered the call, I said, oh, hi, yes, they did tell me that you were going to call. Can I just call you back? And that was the only words I said. And just send me a text so I could store your number and I'll call you back. And they actually said to me, no, never mind. You probably don't have anybody anyway, so you don't have to call me back. And I was like, whoa, okay. I have heard that before, that I probably don't have anybody, but I understand the singles. They've spoken to a lot of matchmakers, and it's painful to make the phone call, and you made the phone call, and now you feel like I don't have time for you, and you were hesitant about making that phone call, and you finally did, and it hurt that I couldn't call you, speak to you at that moment. I felt so bad. Um, I'm not saying if it was a male or a female, but I felt terrible that I couldn't speak at that moment, but I was spoken to very abruptly. I'm not giving the full detail, but I was spoken to really not nice. And I told them, okay, they don't have to speak to me now and they don't have to speak to me later. And I, we hung up. After that, I got a series of very disgusting texts, which were very inappropriate. And um, I had to block them because it continued. 
I did tell the first person who called me to recommend them to me that I could, I'm so sorry, but I can't help this person. They were very abrupt and not nice and whatever. And um, that I don't allow matchmaking to interfere in my life in a way that I feel degraded or talked down to. And on the other hand, the reason why I'm saying that is because I know none of you want to do that to me. And I know you're all appalled. It's very rare. But um, that did happen. And I'm saying it for all matchmakers. In the case of matchmakers, we're dividing our time amongst many things. This summer, many of the singles called me over a time when my sister was very not well. And I did not have time to speak. But I, I was in the hospital at times. I was doing this Actually, this radio show, while she was in the hospital, I drove to Jersey to see her, and it was time to do the radio show. I wasn't expecting to go to Jersey to see her in the hospital that day, but it was an emergency, and I didn't cancel the radio show for your sake, and I spoke in the waiting room. I got found a private area and spoke and did the radio show. But um, the singles are very important to us. And that's why we will split ourselves and divide our time in crazy ways to be responsible. But when we're saying we can't, it also has to be understood and respected because you could never know what is going on in someone's life. And they're not giving you, they're not, they don't have to say, I'm so sorry a family member isn't well and I need to, I'm in the hospital. They don't have to say that. That they, they, You just have to understand. So that was one story. And the other story was a very positive story. And um, that's my other reasons for giving this radio show is to uh, expand everybody's mind and give them hope, fill it with more hope and not gloom and doom, and not there's no boys and there's no girls and I don't know what's gonna be, and the dating situation is so bad and and we have a problem. I really don't feel that way. Um, Shituchim is very beloved by Hashem and the fact that you chose the process or that you just, even if you don't choose the process of matchmaking, the fact that you're choosing to be married in a, holy Jewish way and build a bayit ne'eman is very, very precious to Hashem. And he can get you where you want to be. My goal is to fill your minds with the proper thoughts so that Hashem can view you in optimal. I'm optimal and that single wants to be optimal and that single wants to think properly and that single has emunah and bitachon in me and exactly how they believe I'm going to give it to them. And so I believe that hope is so important to have. Hope is emunah and bitachon. Hope is positive outlook. However you want to do, you know, think it um, psychologically, hashkathically, Torah-minded, um, just being positive and expressing that and showing that and walking it and talking it, it, it causes people to attract themselves to you automatically from the Shadchan's perspective, from the matchmaking perspective, from your parents' perspective, from your friend's perspective, from work perspective, from um, going on dates' perspective, which is their goal. We want people to see you as 
a, a light in the world. Not everyone was born gorgeous. Not everybody was born attractive to um, everyone's eyes. So we're not all of us are going to be put on the cover of a magazine. No one has to feel that if that's the case, you're not going to be put on a cover of a magazine, then you're not going to find your spouse. That's not true. It's so not true. So many people are not going to be put on the cover of a magazine. And what's the opposite? What gets them married is their personality, what they, um, their persona, what they put out there as their, their bright light that they are in the world. And when you spread light and when you spread positivity and you show that in your countenance, it gets felt. And no matter how Hashem created you, if it's not what the rest of the world thinks is beautiful, you shine and people see you as beautiful and one guy or one girl will actually see whatever you look like as, wow, it will shine through. And that is the most important thing. So um, a story that happened many years ago, and it's my own personal story and my own matchmaking story, um, I knew someone and I was in their home for another reason, happened to be in their home and, um, they had a daughter that, um, was married and now she wasn't and she was divorced and, um, for whatever reason I was in the home, that wasn't the reason that I was a matchmaker or whatever. But they said, oh, you know, they, they light bulb went off in their head. There's a matchmaker in the house. Let me go find my child. And um, they tried to get me to set their child up. The child wasn't receptive and the parents were upset at her that she didn't want to speak to me. And I understood and I said, you know what, here's my number. You call me when you're ready. And I do, have, I do have someone in mind for you. And she didn't want to hear it. So I left it. And I just told her, here's my number. Um, the mother was very upset. And the, they, they, I told her, it's fine. She, you know what? I didn't think she was going to talk in front of her parents. So I, I just gave her my number thinking she'll call me one day. Well, she called me the next day, not even one day later not a full 24 hours. And um, she told me, you know, it was so nice of you to extend yourself to me. She was very different than when she was in front of her parents. And I said, yeah, my pleasure. Love to help you. Do you want to hear about the guy that I have for you? Whatever. I told her about the guy. And she said she would also like to go. She would, she would try it. And I said, I know that you had a bad experience and I know that you need a good experience. And I don't know if this guy is going to be the right guy, but I know he's nice and I know he'll give you a nice date. And I told her all the other amazing details about him that I felt and um, she agreed to go. Now, um, then um, what happened was um, the guy... I also agreed to go because I had told her first, I believe. Thank God the guy agreed to go. And they both had a nice date, but they both didn't think they were for each other equally. Like he was so nice. She was so nice. 
but I don't think he's for me. And he said, but I don't think he's for me. And I spoke to both of them and I really saw it wasn't going to go anywhere. And since they both were part of like, there was nothing to build up on one side, one, but he really likes you, but she really likes you. Would you try again? They both were nothing there, but both said what a great guy and both what a great girl. And so, um, when the guy told me that she didn't think he was for her, he said, but I do know a guy for her. And I was like, okay, tell me about him. I didn't know the boy. And I looked into the boy and I called the rabbi who knew that boy also to make sure that everything I heard was, you know, pretty much the same. And uh, I called the girl up and I said, look, the guy you went out with happened to think of someone for you. Would you like to try? And I guess the family looked into it. I don't recall whatever happened. And they're married today. So the guy I gave her thought of the right guy for her. She was hesitant. She didn't want to go. There were other details she wasn't happy about, but she was really extending herself to try that one date. And she just knew that, you know, she's comfortable with that. I knew the guy and she would have a good first date after her divorce. So she went. But she, there were definitely details that she wasn't so comfortable with, but she went. And instantly, that one parv date didn't do her harm, didn't do her anything. It was just no, you know, but she got her on a road. It was a, it got her on a road. She opened the door for Hashem to help her. You can't stay stuck on your spot. This applies to everybody, whether they're not married, never married, or were divorced, whatever. Don't stick to something. Don't stay stubborn on, a, on something. Widen your horizon. Give it a try. Trust your matchmaker sometimes. If you trust them before and they've had a good normal track record with you and they're saying something a little off the beaten path, but you've trusted them before and the dates have been nobody was an axe murderer, nobody made you very uncomfortable, nobody made, nobody was scary, then why not give something a try? Because Not because it might be for you. You're right. We don't want you to go on wasted dates. You don't want to get all dressed up for nothing. But sometimes you need to try something because look what happened here. She ended up married the next guy. And that guy thought of it. Someone I never knew. Okay. Next part of the story. It doesn't end there. Is that this guy now calls me and says he's engaged. Two months later. And he told me, and he still, and I'm very close to him. He still hasn't told me the reason, and I never asked. He said, thank you. I believe he sent me a gift um, because the date I gave him with that first girl who was Parv is what led him to his wife now. So they instantly, within two months, both got engaged. And the wrong date, on both sides led them both to the right person right after. It's a true story. Community people, amazing people. I'm very happy today. I see them smiling today and um, still very close to me, so they're still happy with me. And um, I, I I just want everybody to understand that matchmakers are trying 
and in the process of trying. Now we could go back to that statement I heard many years ago, maybe even before I started matchmaking, how the Rabbanim tell us that every date leads you to the right one, brings you closer to the right one. So the story shows us it perfectly. It wasn't the right date, but it got them closer, instantly closer. And the actual dates themselves are the ones that got were the conduits, were the shalichim to find them the right one. I did my part. The singles did their part. And the singles they were sitting with cared enough also to do their part. That's so special. It's so important. It's so amazing. It's so beautiful about our community that we care about one another. And that's what the Shadchanim are doing. They're pulling for you. They're pulling for you, they care about you, and their time is limited just because there's 24 hours in a day, and Hashem wants us to do chesed with priorities first. Priorities first, when Be'ezat Hashem, you'll have children and a husband and a home and an apartment very soon. You'll want to call mitzvah man to do a chesed, or you'll want to go visit your grandma, or you'll want to, but you want to cook your dinner first, and you'll make sure that your kids are taken care of first. And you'll, I remember years ago when I wanted to go visit people in the hospital, um, and I like to do chesed, and I still had little children. I put my kids to bed, I made sure they were good, and then I fed my husband dinner. I sat with him and I didn't even tell anybody I was going anywhere that night. I planned it in my mind that I know that person in the hospital needs a visit. I didn't tell anybody that I was going anywhere to visit anybody. I just kept it in my mind that I might be going out that night to visit someone in the hospital. I didn't tell the person in the hospital either. So they weren't disappointed in case I didn't make it. And I just didn't make anybody edgy. Mommy's leaving. And I told my husband so that when he ate dinner, I sat at the table with him and he didn't feel rushed or like I was going anywhere. And once I saw that he finished eating, I cleaned up and I said, do you mind if I go visit someone in the hospital? The kids are sleeping. You're well fed. And I sat with you. And then I ran out and did my chesed. And now when you hear that, you'll think, well, that's the right thing to do. Well, you can't just go to chesed and walk out on your kids when they're crying and they need you and they're, they're going to be tired the next day in school because you didn't put them to bed and then you left it to your husband and he had a long day and he's supporting me and, and going to work and then he has no one to eat with. That's the, not the right way to do things. I mean, in an emergency case, if it's your very good friend, then okay, and, and they're alone and they need you or someone's alone. and they. But in this case, it wasn't that. And I didn't have to run. And it wasn't my job to be there with the person in the hospital. It was just a nice thing to do that I wanted to do for myself and for them. And an extracurricular activity, um, chesed, that I wanted to add to my day. And that doesn't have to affect my family first. That, as long as they're taken care of, then I can go do that. Um, and so... You would say to me, of course, Odette, that's the way to do it. Well, then it's the same thing with Shad Khanim. They have to worry about their four walls. 
first what's behind their four walls, those people in their walls first, and their own selves. It's draining. It's concerning. It takes me off on tangents sometimes to just go legitimize somebody that we're not sure of. Who are they? Great guy. Is he a great guy? There's so many girls waiting. I don't know him. Call a rabbi from another community to find out. That could take me a whole day. How many people can I take care of in that day when I'm trying to find out something about a great boy for you? So there's a lot of things that I'm involved in personally in matchmaking that has nothing to do with just giving a date. And other matchmakers, it's the same thing. Um, In between other things that are happening in our homes, we have older parents to take care of, um, you know, and different things that come up. And so if we, we go off and not call you for three weeks and you say, where was she? We were in the middle of a conversation we could really have forgotten or we could really have have other things that are, in the words of Rabbi Murray Masselton, he, who once told me, don't answer people. You don't have to give them a reason why you can't, if you can't and you're putting your priorities in perspective. You don't have to give them a reason. If you're taking care of your priorities, the answer is, I'm sorry, I have pressing personal matters. And you just keep telling them, oh, they say, but why, but why can't you? Don't give another excuse, give the same excuse. I'm sorry, I have pressing personal matters. And I don't usually do that. Most of the time I try to make you feel comfortable that I had something to do. But if someone gives you a general answer, I'm so sorry, I can't help you, accept it. Accept it and give them an excuse. Make up an excuse for them. Maybe they have something. Maybe something's going on. But it's I hope it all works out for them. And with this, I'm going to end my um, class. And maybe I'll send it out to the matchmakers too. Because maybe they'll feel good that you heard this. And whoever's in the listening um, thing, tell your friends who may not be listening to this radio show to come listen to the radio show. There's many ways to listen to it. You can listen to it by searching my name um, on Spotify, just Odette Rishti, it'll come up. And you can listen to it at synyradio.com. Um, and you can call in every Thursday night if you don't have internet. Um, and the number is there. Um, on the synyradio.com and also I post it at It's All a Gift on Instagram and I do talk to singles there. That's my husband's business, um, 409 Avenue M, where I am and I do not do matchmaking there. Please do not bring your singles there. A lot of mothers like to do that. I do not embarrass singles in my store. I don't discuss matchmaking in the store. I don't interview people in the store. It's not what singles want. And uh, it happens a lot. But I really, you know, avoid it with a smile. Um, So, yeah, I do talk about singles any other chance I get. Um, And I love when you capture my attention. And I can give you my all Um, I love doing that. And when I have a great conversation with one of my singles, whatever it's about, I enjoy myself because I love you guys. And I feel that you're really someone that I learn from. And, and I get elevated spiritually in this world from speaking to singles. And I love what I do. 
and um, I feel blessed to have affected all the families that I have affected. And Be'ezat Hashem, I hope to open the way for many more singles to get married in any which way I can. I'm always here for you. Um, Again, uh, it's Odette Rishti, matchmaker, dating advisor. Um, I do have permission from my rabbi to guide Be'ezat Hashem. I should do it in a way that's pleasing to Hashem who I work for, um, his employee, and I want to be a trusted one. So, Hatzbacha, uh, everybody. And um, I hope your next date is a great one and the right one. Have a great evening.